Hey, what is going on, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is May 17th, 2021. It is currently 1.04 a.m. in the morning. And in case you're Joe Biden listening, of course, it's a Monday. But this podcast is for the weekend. I'm not going to talk about any current events on Monday because I have no idea what they are. It's 1.05 a.m., right? What am I doing up this late? Well, answering a lot of emails. I just finished editing a wedding video. You remember that couple, that Trump couple who I was working on their photos? Well, I finished all of them. Now I put their photos into the video slideshow and I'm just exporting them to an MP4 to upload them to the internet and they'll have a beautiful, beautiful wedding video that they can watch tomorrow. By the way, they took a look at their wedding photos, which I did for them. They loved it. They sent me an email saying, thank you, Steve. We really, really enjoyed it. Man, I love that. I just love that. All right, I'm going to turn this music down so I can get into the, I guess, the body of my entire podcast right here. And again, I hope your weekend went well. Mine weekend, my God, I hardly got any sleep. (laughs) I mean, I think I maybe got two to four hours of sleep from I think from Friday to Saturday, and then I managed to catch up on some sleep today on Sunday, and then I woke up late, and I got more sleep in, and I I think I caught up, but I may have jet lag now without without even leaving Hawaii. So <laughs> anyway, what happened this week? Well, I attended an actual freedom rally. Now, uh, you know, I I'm not one to attend protests, and this was a so-called, you know, protest. And what were they protesting? Well, strangely enough, the very toxic word liberals hate right now, freedom. Very much simple freedom. That radical idea of freedom, uh, not socially distancing yourself from like your family, your friends, uh, your loved ones, um, and also not covering up your face and actually having an an identity um, of just going out there and looking at someone and having people look at you, look at your expressions, uh, not having the government tell you what to do. And um, what happened this weekend? Well, actually, what happened this week? The CDC came out and said that, well, indoors and outdoors, those who are fully vaccinated don't need to wear masks. And they said that, you know, there's no need to wear masks. And I was saying this for the longest time. If the vaccines do work, and I believe they do work 100%, uh, you, there's, why are they worrying? Why are we still locked down, right? Why are we worrying about if the person next to us is actually vaccinated? Because if we get COVID, the antibodies generated from this vaccine, and in many cases, mo- most of us have either either the Pfizer or Moderna, and we have these mRNA antibodies inside of our bloodstream. If we get COVID inside of our blood- bloodstream, yes, we will test positive for the virus, but will we get sick? Absolutely not. And throw out all of the, this BS about asymptomatic infection. All right, there's basically... No such thing. Uh, that's basically a, co- uh, well, what do we call it? An oxymoron, right? I was going to say it's a bunch of cockapooey, but why don't we use a little bit better term? It's called an oxymoron. Because every single day, your body is infected or is carrier of about a trillion viruses and a trillion, I guess, different bacterias out there. And guess what? You're asymptomatic. Do we actually say you're sick? No. 
You're 100% healthy. You are a carrier of all these viruses and bacteria. And yes, you can infect others with it. The only difference with that COVID is, is that it is a novel um, virus. That means our human body has no idea on how to deal with it. And that's why when we take the vaccine, it no longer becomes novel. And then all of a sudden, COVID-19 just becomes another one of the trillion viruses in your body that your body knows how to counteract. So again, you, you may be asymptomatically, you may test positive for it, like how you would test positive for the other trillion viruses and bacteria in your body and outside your body. But again, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing because the virus is no longer novel. Now, do I think you should get the, the vaccine? Uh, well, I actually do. I actually do. I think for your health, your betterment of your health, I think you actually should seriously consider it. Now, if you don't want to take it, that's your own thing. That's really your own thing. And you know what? I'm not going to force you to take it. I'm not going to try to convince you to take it. Now, why did I have this positive music playing, right? Because later on today, later on after I break from commercial or come back from the commercial, I'm going to talk about a very serious topic here. I really want, I really have been meaning to address this for maybe the past few weeks. And I didn't know the right time to approach it. And I think today is maybe the right time. And that topic is a very serious topic on paranoia. And I hate to point the finger at anyone and say, hey, you know, you're paranoid, you're paranoid for this, and you're paranoid for that. We're all paranoid. We all have paranoias, okay? And I'll get into the whole deep, you know, definitions of what I consider a paranoia and the strength of having paranoias and also the weaknesses of having, having paranoias, okay? They're, it's a good thing to be paranoid, and at, and at the same time, it's not a good thing, all right? So, but before I get into all of that, and I know I got a little bit off subject, I just want to talk more about my crazy weekend here. So, I got this text message earlier on in the week about this Aloha Freedom Rally. And of course, again, they're protesting masks, they're protesting social distancing. A lot of, you know, liberals would say, you guys are just crazy because COVID is everywhere. You got to mask up, you better social distance. You better not see your, your family. And even if you're double vaccinated, when I say double vaccinated, I mean, you took both shots. You still should wear a mask. You still should wear a mask in the car and you still got to mask up despite what the CDC said. And here's the thing. The CDC came out again. They said that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in or outdoor. It's basically over. In fact, I think the next step here is you don't have to social distance. But what, what did our state do? Our governor said, well, they're not going to drop any of the mandates. So that those mandates still exist. You still have to wear a mask outdoors. You still have to wear a mask on the indoors. And you still have to wear a mask outdoors unless you can social distance. But they always tell everyone, no matter what, you have to wear a mask. And if you're here in Hawaii, you walk around here, you see the majority of people just wearing masks. I mean, they are just crazy. They are so paranoid. They are scared. They are scared that 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 um COVID is everywhere and that if you don't mask up, you are going to give them COVID even if they're vaccinated. And who did they listen to? They're apparently, they're, they're not even listening to the science. So again, this freedom rally was basically giving the entire mask mandate, the entire police state of Hawaii, the middle finger. Now, 
this, you know, the rally started at 9.30 a.m. in the morning, and it started at this place you know, over in Waikiki called Kapiolani Park. Now, there's not much parking down there, so what ended up happening is that Pitmaster Keith, uh, he, he decided to come with me, and also movie guy Keone, he also came with us as well, uh, but it was Pitmaster Keith and me who showed up I guess at the march early, um, movie guy Keone, he was going to uh, pop up later on in the, I guess at Magic Island to actually videotape the entire thing. And he, that's what he did. So anyway, we, we end up waking up early. I had to, you know, comb my hair because my, I, I just had gotten my haircut the day before and I wanted to like make myself look better than usual, right? It could, because if I don't comb my hair, I kind of look like Bozo the Clown. But if I comb my hair, I kind of look like a, a better version of Bozo the Clown. Why don't I say that, right? So, so anyway, uh, you know, I wake up at 7 a.m., comb my hair, pick up Keith at 8 a.m. He lives right down the street from me. And then we head down there, uh, and it's around 8.30, and we decide to walk from Magic Island down to Kupilani Park, which is about three miles. Uh, and then we end up catching up with the protests, I guess, as they're coming up Kalakawa, and man, there was a lot of people there waving flags, waving Trump flags. Nobody was wearing masks. It was just great to be around like-minded people. Uh, the cops were there. They weren't telling anyone to wear masks. They were very, very nice. I would say, uh, very gentleman-like and, and very, uh, just, just perfect. Just perfect. No, there, there was no conflict at all between the cops and the protesters. And they were just great. Uh, but the funny thing about it is that me and Keith are just very slow walkers, me, me especially. Um, I can run fast, but I'm a slow walker. And we ended up being at the front of the protest, and then we ended up being at the back. So, and then we were so behind the protest that we ended up catching up the, I guess, the second group of protesters. And uh, the, the really cool thing is that we ended up at Magic Island. Ran into a lot of great people, had a lot of great conversations with people. I ended up being on someone else's podcast, by the way. I'm not sure who that guy was. Uh, but I, I ran into a lot of different personalities and made a lot of, not really friends, but I would just say shook a lot of hands. And who, guess who the guest speaker there was? It was none other than Dennis Prager. So I'm not sure if you know who Dennis Prager is, but I think most of my listeners do. Uh, Dennis Prager, he is the founder of Prager U. Um, he kind of looks like, uh, well, he kind of looks like a, a local radio DJ called uh, Michael W. Perry, but a little heavier version. But he has white hair, just really, really white. He's a tall dude, maybe about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and um, very, very, uh, very, very cordial, very, very nice. Holy smokes, this guy is nice. So the funny thing about it was that Keith and I, we were sitting down, resting, because Keith said his legs hurt. He wanted to just sit down. He wanted to, to, to just sit down because we've been walking for about six miles, six, seven miles, maybe nine miles. And um, so we sit in the shade, and all of a sudden, a crowd starts to gather around us. So we're wondering what in the world is going on. And, and I look to my left, maybe about three feet to my left, and Dennis Prager uh, is standing right next to me, all six, four of him. And I'm right down there. Now, I, I was sitting down for a while, and I wanted to get up. But my legs had fell asleep. You know how it is, right? When your legs fall asleep. So, so my legs were really, really, really had fallen asleep. And so had Keith's. And Dennis Prager comes over and he, and uh, after, you know, taking pictures with everyone and, and shaking everyone's hand, he comes over to me and looks at me and I, and I tell him, now, Mr. Prager, you know what? I would love to shake your hand, but I can't get up because my leg fell asleep. 
<laughs> and he told me, he said, you know, that's one of the funniest things I heard today, man. I'll shake your hand right now. And he shook my hand, gave me a good smile and went on his way. So that was my encounter with Dennis Prager. Uh, you know, I didn't, now he, then he went over to his autograph booth or something like that. And he, and he went over there to take selfies with everyone. And he didn't leave till every single person got a selfie and he shook everyone's hand who wanted their hand shook and all that. How was that? How was that? No fear whatsoever. He was hugging. He was shaking hands. Um, people who were standing in line, they were not social distancing themselves from each other. It was great. And in this, in this entire event, nobody wore masks. Everybody shook hands. Everybody hugged. And when I've been to these like freedom rallies, and I've been to them every now and then, I think they, they get together every week. It's great. I mean, it's a, I mean, I hate to say this. It's a breath of fresh air because everyone there is walking around with no fear of getting COVID. Now, is everyone there, you know, vaccinated? I think the majority of them are not. In fact, I think Pitmaster Keith and I were maybe the only two people who were vaccinated and maybe Dennis Prager was vaccinated. Um, but with that being said, uh, there's a, still a lot of them who actually had gotten COVID and have elected not to take the vaccine because they already got actual COVID, right? So why take COVID? Why take the, the vaccine? Why take, you know, uh, I guess a first time or first generation vaccine, the mRNAs, if you don't need to? So it's just that, right? So that makes complete sense. Because uh, I, I know, I know the pastor who runs this, uh, you know, uh, he didn't, what do you call it? He got infected with COVID and basically, you know, he, he said he's not going to take the vaccine. And why should he? Really, why should he? So uh, most of this group, they're just all conservatives. I think the majority of them are conservatives. They're all Trump supporters because I saw Trump signs. I didn't, I didn't see any Biden signs. And um, Dennis Prager, by the way, he did. He was the featured speaker. And boy, did he give a great speech. So I will link, um, I guess, his speech. I think I can find it on YouTube and link it in my bio. But you have to take a look at it. It was great. So if you want to take a look at what this, um, this event was like, um, just find the link in my, not my bio, but in the description of this podcast. And uh, yeah, you, you can go from there. So that, that day, after that ended, uh, you know, Keith and I went for a swim over in the Pacific Ocean, over by Magic Island. And then afterwards, we went over to, uh, uh, I guess, movie guy Keone's house. And we stayed there till like real late at night watching movies and all that and just shooting shooting the beep, you know, so I don't want to swear on here. By the way, I rarely swear. So, so uh, I just censor myself when I say shooting the beep, you know what the word is, right? So it was a re really, really long day. And then Sunday came around. Um, and by the way, Friday to Saturday night, Saturday night, I only had two hours of sleep. So, so I really didn't have much sleep. Sunday came around, I had to wake up early again to, to pick up my mother from taking care of my grandmother. And then again, came back home, ran some errands. And then when I came back, I just, I just crashed. I just crashed on the floor of the living room. So, and I crashed there till I think maybe about 8 p.m. today. Then I woke up, had some dinner and fixed some photos and here I am podcasting to you. So that was my weekend. It went by so quick, but I had a lot of fun. Now, I'm going to segue into the topic of paranoia right now. Uh, no, we're not right now, but into uh, after I get back from, uh, I guess, this break. Now, how am I going to segue into it? Now, it's very simple. A lot of the people there at the Freedom Rally, they're great people. Man, they have the biggest hearts. They're, they are on the right side of the argument. But boy, are they paranoid. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that an unhealthy thing or a healthy thing? 
It's basically a bit of both, all right? There's no definite 100% answer to this because, uh, you know, being paranoid can, can be a strength and being paranoid can also be a handicap. It really depends on the topic. It depends on the severity of your paranoia as well. But it's a very serious topic I really want to talk about because I think America is going down this pathway of par- um, being paranoid. And um, we really have to you know, get to the root cause of this. Uh, and um, you yourself, as a listener of mine, I would really like to encourage you to really check yourself as well so you don't go full-on paranoid. Again, there is a sliding scale to how much paranoia you can have, and at some point, it becomes unhealthy, all right? So I'm going to get into that, uh, I guess, after we get back from the commercial, and then I'll describe to you on how I'm going to segue into that, because it does have to do with this Freedom Rally, all right, and the people who I met there. So that's about it for now, uh, but don't, don't tune out. Tune back in after these words. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, hope you're back from that break here. Hope you're ready to get into some serious talking. You know, I don't do a lot of serious talking here on my podcast, um, but today I'm going to be taking off my screenwriter's hat. I'll even be uh, taking off that scriptwriter Steve hat here and just uh, talking to you heart to heart. You know, um, I play a character on my podcast here, but the true me is not as energetic. The true me is uh, kind of very much down to earth. And, uh, you know, with all my friends and family and uh, a lot of other people out there I know, I've been some business associates, you know, I tend to be kind of that person who helps them out, helps people get over, I guess, that hump when that tough little conflict comes in their life. You know, and uh, why am, am I that person? You know, I'm not sure why I am put into that situation. I think God has, uh, you know, certain plans for me um, that I guess I just find myself in those situations and I just, you know, end up doing the right thing and that's who I am. And uh, again, people end up trusting me and they, and rightfully so because, um, they'll, you know, whatever they tell me, I won't go out there and, you know, tell other people about it or, you know, put them on blast or put them on my podcast or anything out there. And uh, I'll usually offer them, you know, probably the most sound advice that they could possibly get. Uh, even though I am not a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist, I am not some type of help guru at all in any form. Uh, but you know what's really funny, what I, I kind of find kind of ironic about my life is that, well, throughout my entire life, I have studied, you know, the, the practice of, I guess, not the practice, what's the right word? I have studied personality. 
I have studied human behavior. It's really fascinated me. And the reason why I studied it was primarily to make myself a better screenwriter or make myself a better storyteller, per se. Because again, when you write stories, your characters are basically mirror images, or I would say plagiarized images of you know, real-life personality types. And their solutions are also plagiarized from real life. They are canon to reality. Uh, well, that's when you write really well. And that's why when you watch a movie sometimes, and even if it could be a Hallmark movie, that sometimes the advice given out there, very much you can apply to your own life if you, can, if you do associate with, um, with that character. Now, why am I talking about paranoia today? Uh, well, it's because, well, first of all, I've been kind of wanting to talk about this for the longest time. We all are paranoid. That's kind of just how God built us. You know, um, one personality type tends to be more paranoid than others. We're not going to get into that. Uh, but paranoia tends to, uh, you know, stem from trust issues. All right. That's what it all stems for. And there are just some people out there who just don't trust a lot of people. There are some people who just don't trust a lot of things. And here in America, in this day and age, in this time of our life, it tend, I think we have, out of anything out there, uh, is an epidemic of paranoia. People, people don't trust doctors. People don't trust scientists. People don't trust the government. People don't trust what's the, the news. People don't trust anything. They don't trust the military. They don't trust businesses. And to a certain extent, you know, part of that paranoia is validated. But again, we can't go throughout life just fearing everything, fearing that everything and everyone around us is out to get us. Because if we do that, we really can't enjoy life. We will just end up living in this, I guess, I guess sphere of, 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 of fearfulness, right? You would, just, you would just be surrounded by fear your entire life. And that's when your paranoia can overtake you. And all of a sudden, you have a problem trusting even your husband or wife. You know, who can you trust? You, can, you Then you have a problem trusting, you know, your pastor or your friend or your business or your employer or anything or your customer. You know, there comes a point in life where you have to know how to dose yourself in paranoia. Paranoia, consider paranoia as a drug. There's what they call an LD50 within every single ingredient out there in life. What is LD50? That means average lethal dose. So even if every single thing out there, every single element or, or ingredient out there in the world has a lethal dose, everything can kill you. You know, toxicity is not a matter of ingredient. It's a matter of dosage. And think of your level of paranoia as a matter of dosage. Too much paranoia can literally kill you. Too little of it well, that's not a good thing either, because if you don't have enough paranoia, you're going to be falling in love with everyone, trusting everyone too much, giving your, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to give money to that Nigerian prince who just needs his taxes paid, and then you'll get $3 million, you know, wired to your bank account. So you'll just cut that $20,000 check to that Nigerian prince, right? So again, if you have no paranoia, not good. If you're too naive, not good. You always have to figure out what your, what the right dose is. So the question is, what is the right dosage? So again, circling back to like uh, what I actually had experienced on Saturday, I ran into many people who were just flat out paranoid and all different levels of paranoia. 
And um, again, when people go down that rabbit hole of paranoia, um, they can get to a very unhealthy level. And many of these people who are, uh, some of these people, I want to say many, I would say some of these people who are um, on the right side, their hearts were on the right side, I agreed with them wholeheartedly. But again, for example, I'll just give an example. Um, I don't believe that we should be wearing masks. The scientists, the science out there says out there that masks actually don't work. Now, this is not a paranoid type of thing. That's what the science has actually said. The COVID bacteria, the, the COVID, the COVID, um, the COVID uh, virus can basically travel through uh, that mask very, very easily, cloth or surgical mask or, your, or even N95 very, very easily. It can travel both ways. So if you cough, it will travel very, very far and it'll become an aerosol either way. And here's the thing. If you have COVID, you know, 95% chance that you got COVID, you were wearing a mask. That's the thing. And that's what the science says out there. But again, what happens is that the media out there, they pushed this fear narrative that COVID is basically everywhere and that masks actually help. And they pushed this fear on you that, that basically COVID is everywhere in the air and made you live in this, I guess, this world of fear. So if you don't wear a mask, then, you're, then you may get it. And on top of that, if you're asymptomatic, you may kill someone you may not know. So again, they instilled, installed, and instilled this fear into many people. And um, it's basically divided our, divided our world. Now again, when I talk about, about paranoia, you have to practice healthy paranoia, healthy skepticism, right? You have to make sure you don't take this dosage you know, to basically, uh, I guess, very toxic levels. Now, what did I see again on Saturday? I saw people who were just, you know, anti-mask, which was great. But then again, they took that level to a, to a, a whole new level. They started, when I was on this protest, there was one guy who started yelling at a person in a car who was wearing a mask saying, take off your mask, take off your mask. But he was getting very violent with that person who was wearing a mask in his car. Again, that person wearing the mask in his car is completely scared of getting COVID because he believes COVID is everywhere, even though he's alone in his car, all right? He's wrong. But then again, at the same time, that guy holding the sign on the sidewalk who wants that person to re remove his mask goes up there to the car and yells at him in a very violent way. That's not good either, right? That's intimidation. That's basically almost coming to a point where you are destroying what you fear. And you're not, you're not being a very effective communicator when you're doing that. Now, again, that's not healthy at all. And then again, I met some other people who were there at this event. Um, some people who were just, you know, again, they were, they were very scared of where they got their information from. They didn't trust the, the media, and rightfully so, because the media does tell you a version of the truth and not the whole truth. Um, they didn't trust the government, which is 100% understandable. But, but then again, where were they getting their information from? Well, a lot of, you know, very, you know, a lot of very sketchy websites and the dark web, which, you know, is Q. You know, there, and a lot of them were getting their information from Q drops or Anons. And this was very, um, Anons are like the kind of guys who, the, the people who interpret the Q drops. So what were they telling me? They were telling me that Baron Trump was a time traveler, that, that he, was, he had traveled through time to actually, you know, you know, basically convince Trump 
uh, what to do and everything like that. So his own son was a time traveler that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all of these Democrats, in fact, even some world leaders were all dead. And what we were seeing right now were clones. And, um, when it came to the vaccines, they said that it was just a way to microchip people and a way to follow us, you know, all around. And they told me basically I could stick a magnet to the side of my arm since I had taken the vaccine, which, you know, they could not replicate. These were the, you know, unfortunately, these very good people who are very paranoid had gone down this rabbit hole of paranoia because they didn't trust, you know, media and the media, they weren't doing their jobs. Well, this created the perfect storm. And all of a sudden you got these people who started to believe anything that Q said and anything that they would find on these very, very strange websites out there. And in fact, it got even got to a point where they were telling me that um, certain school shootings were all fake. Uh, the 9-11 people, the people who died on 9-11 were all alive and they were all paid actors. And on top of that, that Ashley Babbitt, who got, the woman who got shot over there in the Capitol, was also a paid actor. They went as far, some went as far as telling me that the Challenger and none of the people on the Challenger had actually died and that the moon landing was actually fake and that I did meet a flat earther for the first time in my life. So this is on the right, right? And the left isn't much better. Now the left, they have you know, trust issues with with uh, the police. They think white supremacy. They think if you're white, you're going to actually like to kill them or something like that. You know, for no reason whatsoever. They think the cops are out there to kill them and their kids. You know, they they don't trust the vaccine either. Strangely enough, they don't trust business businesses. They don't trust the system. They don't trust the university system. They don't. Tr- they they think that the teachers are actually. They don't trust the whole United States. They think it's you know based upon racism. It's crazy. So what we have here is this huge epidemic of paranoia, and it's raising itself to toxic levels. Now, the, the solution to all of this, right? The solution to all of this is, number one, first of all, you have to identify yourself whether or not you are at this paranoid level. Do you have excessive trust issues? Do you have excessive trust issues with everything from A to Z? Do you, number one, fear yourself? Is that why you have these trust issues? And are you thinking for yourself or are you listening to the person you labeled as a rescuer, right? I think that's the the number one question you should ask yourself. But number two, what I would want, if you are of this paranoid level, and I'm going to end this podcast really quick because, uh, you know, I don't want to keep preaching on, preaching this on over and over and over again. But if you find yourself of this paranoia, and you and you feel your and f- you feel that you are not trusting enough, that you are taking your paranoia to toxic levels. The solution is very easy. The solution is basically to be more open-minded. Read literature that you disagree with. So, if you are a hardcore Republican, Q, a non-person, read things that will really that you disagree with. And read things that are in the middle. Don't just follow Q. If you're on the Black Lives Matter side, just don't follow Black Lives Matter. Read QAnon stuff and then also read what's in the middle. Read everything. Be open-minded. Be open to every single positive, negative, average, every single, um, um, I guess, opinion out there that you can get a hold of. That's the solution to limiting your paranoia. And on top of that, 
try to abandon groupthink. Just because you are conservative, it doesn't mean the conservatives are always right. Just because you are a, a Democrat, it doesn't mean the Democrats are always right. Get rid of this collective thinking. It ha- it's happening on both sides at just unprecedented levels right now. All right? We're all not, we all don't have to be, be against each other because we are not against each other. We're creating this false scenario that we are all against each other when we're not. We want the best for every single person out there. We're not a racist nation. We, are, we were not built upon racism, all right? We, these companies, people who are working for Pfizer and Moderna are not out there trying to create a drug to kill you, all right? But again, you, you have to take a look. If you are on, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I looking at everything out there? Or am I starting to say, well, I don't, I don't trust this, I don't trust that, I don't trust this. If you're starting to tell yourself, I don't trust, I don't trust, I don't trust, I don't trust, then I'm sorry, you're getting a little paranoid and it's not healthy. My, my advice to you, if you say, I don't trust A, B, or C, well, you look at what A, B, A, B or C are, or A, B, or C is writing and you take what they have to say at heart and maybe what they're saying is true. Just entertain that idea just for a second. Like, for example, if a black person tells me, well, I just got harassed by the cops, a white cop, in fact, all right, and that person believes that all white cops are racist. Now, am I going to just dismiss his argument and say, wait, wait a minute, he's a black gentleman and he's telling me a bunch of lies because he's paranoid of white cops. But why don't I take a look? Because he may actually have a point here. There may be that one incident right there that this one white cop was very racist against him and he may have a case. Now, if he tries to apply that to say all cops are racist, we know he is, in fact, being a little paranoid. But is he being correct that one white cop was racist towards him and beat him up and everything like that and, and everything bad happened to him? No, he may be actually accurate. So again... We have to abandon the group thing, abandon the collective thinking, and then listen to everyone, listen to all opinions, be more open-minded. And that's how we stop ourselves from creating this epidemic of paranoia. We have to take the power away from these groups that lead us down these paths to make us fearful, more fearful, and more angry from, uh, to other groups. Black Lives Matter will hate the conservatives. The conservatives will hate Black Lives Matter, right? They don't understand what they're thinking. But if we just stop and listen to everyone, and if they listen to us and we listen to them, right, and, we, and then we can find middle ground, we'll end up finding out that you're, you're really not too far apart from each other. That's all it is. And for some things, you may never come to an agreement. But for the most part, you can basically say, yeah, we can kind of agree, all right? And we end, but that's, that will only happen if you abandon groupthink and you start opening your mind. Okay, everyone, that's it for my podcast for today. That's all I had to talk about. And again, I didn't want to preach more and more about this because, again, you know, I'm not a doctor. And I want you, if you feel you are taking your paranoia levels to an unhealthy, I guess, unhealthy level, Make sure you see a doctor. 
And if you're taking to a, what they call a counterphobic level where you destroy what you fear, counterphobia means you destroy what you fear. So for example, um, if you fear elevators, and instead of dealing with that fear of elevators, you destroy the elevator, you, you destroy the building in there, then that becomes a huge problem. That becomes very dangerous. So this is where a counterphobia, this is where a lot of murders happen. For example, that one, that one individual, that one gentleman, not gentleman, but the one, uh, I guess he's a murderer, uh, we won't call him a gentleman, that one murderer out there in Atlanta who had killed all of those Asian women, he had actually loved Asian women a little too much, but he feared Asian women because he, he was a sex addict and he blamed them for, his, I guess, I guess uh, becoming a sex addict once again. So what did he do? Instead of dealing with it, he actually destroyed his paranoia. He destroyed it. And whenever you go to this counterphobic level of, 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 uh, par- of paranoia, when you destroy things you don't trust, destroy things that you fear, well, you have to get a lot of help for that. You better get some help for that because you could get violent, you know, it, and you may not mean to get violent. And that's where I think if you feel like you're at that point, then you should check yourself into the hospital. You really, really should. Or check yourself, I guess, onto the couch and listen to a psychologist because something needs to be done. Now, if you can cure yourself, that's great. But I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to cure you. You're not going to get cured by listening to my podcast. All right? So anyway, I am out of here. I hope this podcast may have been helpful to you. It's a very serious topic again, paranoia. You know, our country's suffering through it. And again, if you think you are one of those people out there who, who has an unhealthy dose of paranoia, just be more open-minded. And if you're taking it to the levels of counterphobia, seek help. Okay, I'm out of here.